Hello, my name is Adam Stead, and as the pandemic recedes, I'm on a mission to understand what makes different venues successful. To that end, I'm interviewing some amazing people from different kinds of hospitality businesses to ask them what makes their business tick. This is Served With Podcast, and you can find it on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. This week, I got to speak to Niccolo Portunato, the co-founder and COO of Platform. Platform is a gamer bar and, to use the fashionable term, a competitive socializing space in Shoreditch, where friends, family and colleagues can compete against each other on games and order restaurant standard food and drink. Competitive socializing is such a big deal now and Platform is part of the vanguard, poised to open new locations as they raise more money this year. I was so curious to hear how his business worked and what he thought about the movement changing hospitality. So our current space is 3,000 square foot. Okay. So we have eight console station right. uh, um, that can have up from two people up to 10 people. It's intended that people would sit and drink and play video games. All yes, like yes, the... yes. So we, when we started, we've tried many different things. So our idea was kind of, okay, there is a market that is growing, that is video games, and there is this phenomenon that is called competitive socializing. And we've been looking at what's, ha- what's happening in, in London, because me and my brother, like we, we studied here, and we said, okay, there is competitive socializing around darts, uh, ping pong, mini golf, but what about video games? Why there's nothing around there? But something dedicated to, to console. So we said, okay, Let's try it out. So we started like with four experiences: was consoles, so modern consoles, yep. retro consoles, racing simulators, and um, and computers. And then we've learned from racing that. simulators. Yes. So I'm imagining the kind of thing you get in an arcade, like a yes. large, correct, physical bit of. Okay, correct. Yeah, exactly. So it's curved screen with your own steering wheel and your headsets and basically you, you jump on in a car and yeah, like you feel like you, you are in a, in a racing car, but then you don't get like the 3D dimension or the 4D dimension as they call it in some places. <laughs> and so we started like this and then we've discovered that our business model was not just gaming, it was also like hospitality. So yeah. that's why we've... So, did you, so at the start you were more, in terms of like your actual bottom line at the start it was more like ticket focused and now 100 percent it's more so we even drinks. like we, i think we today we talk about tickets but i think even in the past we n- never thought about tickets it was like kind of less sell hour of game okay so this is this is what, what we started from i think when i look at the first financial model it was like 50 percent of our revenue was gaming and 50 percent was fmb right so Obviously, this has been proved wrong, and we've seen there was a huge demand for drinks, as uh, and the UK people like drinking. And <laughs> but people, also, people, it's, people are less price sensitive to drinks, right? Yes. An hour of gaming, they think really critically about the price. Hundred percent. And then once they're there, if they're paying a couple of quid more for their whiskey, they don't care. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes, I mean, the, pro- the big problem with video games, it's very immersive. So people sometimes they, they don't have time to drink. Yeah. So that's why we've said, okay, people need to drink and need to play. So let's just focus on the most social, physically social 
aspect of video game that is a console. So because you can play on a group. So okay, so from those four, the actual one that's driving the profits is the console. Console, both retro and modern. Uh, no, uh, retro we kept a little bit, but it's modern. They want they they might don't want to purchase the latest console at home. They don't want to purchase the latest game, so they rather like come from time to time to platform and play. Yeah, these games. So we've like kind of strip out the racing simulators and really focalize on on console. So gaming venues in general, I would say gaming bars. Again, it's a stereotype, but it's quite true. Is dark underground neon lights offering is very average. So this is also something that we want to change. So when you come to platform, is you get all the craft beers, you get all the latest cocktails, you know, from London and Shoreditch. That, so people, okay. they feel like when they come to us, it's not just about video games. It's also, also like a place where you can have a good time. Okay. If I think about running a place like Platform Experience, mm -hmm. I would think that it would be a complete operational nightmare because you've got all of this expensive kit mm -hmm. and then you've got to shepherd people through and they're getting drunk around the kit and then you've got to come in and and say you're out of time, guys. We've got to move you over to the to the I guess yeah. the bar. Mm -hmm. We'll kick you out. Mm -hmm. uh, what are, could you talk a little bit about some of the challenges around that? Yeah, the, uh, again another very good question. So <clears throat> when we build the space, most of the hardware is not visible except I would say the controllers and um, and the screen. Yeah, and it worked quite well. People, I think, in, in the UK in general, are very they're respectful. Mm -hmm. uh, they we we have our I think our first controller broken maybe a couple of months ago, but not because of That's someone. Good. How long have you been around? Three years. Three years. First controller broken. Three yeah. years in yeah. to a, a bar gaming. Experience. Yes. That's amazing. People, you know, if you give them a good experience, they don't want to steal anything. They don't feel like they had a good. They want just to come back and yeah. say, okay, I don't want to be put on a blacklist or whatever because because you get service, you know. At the booth that you are, you know, you get, you can order any drinks, you can order, you know, any food. So, you know, you have a lot of interaction with, with our with our team. That's been very valuable because people then they enjoy our team, know the games, etc. So, these consoles they've made for home yeah. and for utilization of thousands of hours. So basically, it's the same. So every time a new bit of, every time a new console comes out, you've mm -hmm. got to buy it. Not, I mean, we we don't have to because now the technology is going very fast. But in the end, like I said, for example, Nintendo, yep. the only thing that they've improved is in the Nintendo Switch is just the quality of their screen. Yeah. But people don't play on the screen of the Switch; they play on on, on a, the big on a the big, big screen, okay. a big display. So it doesn't change anything. And on that side of thing, we we have sponsorship, so we work closely with Nintendo. Um, with also the other hardware companies uh, where they provide us all the hardware for free so they can get right marketing okay. out of us. That's so cool. this, this is also another thing. So we get like replacement very quickly uh, when, and this is not just the hardware, it's also the, the software. So we work with publishers, so they give us also the game for free because it's a way for them to market it. This is Served With Podcast, and I'm talking to the COO of Platform, a gaming bar where, as far as the balance sheet is concerned, the bar is king, and we're barely worried about breaking the controllers. Next, I wanted to understand who was visiting these kinds of spaces. 
So, so your customers then, because you mentioned like um, large groups of people and you mentioned work parties. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's different from like this third group that might be somewhere lurking in there, which is like fans, people mm -hmm. who are- Core gamers. Core, yeah, really gay. Yeah. Who, who, who's your main audience? Exactly, so this is a very good question. And I think when we look at, first there's only PS5, not PS6. Right, whatever. That's, that, that, that's, just, that's just, just, no, it's just to make sure that I know what I'm talking about. Because sometimes like, oh, the guy like said the PS5. No, but, um, so this is a very good question. And we went back to competition socializing and say, okay, video games, it's a huge market. Three billion players on the planet. So half of the planet's playing video games. But only, I think, two to five percent are core gamers. Yeah. So people that want the latest tech, who are spending quite a lot of money into video games, but and the rest is 95% is people like you and I. To get it more and more popular, I think physical spaces are needed. Your main, your casual actual main, gamers. the main cohort, casual gamers. Yeah, 95% of the population. Social, and then and then it's more. I would imagine more B2B than B2C. It's no, actually, like. Um, I don't have the exact number in terms of the split between B2B and B2C, but because of the pandemic, B2B has been kind of drastically reduced. down. 80% yeah. of our customers, they pre-book in advance. Right. And we can say that, you know, from Thursday to Sunday, we're almost fully booked every week. So uh, very good. It's, well still, it's, it's still like very popular on that side of things. And then now we're seeing B2B to pick up. And we'd say we don't want to be too much B2B because we want we have a lot of like fans coming on like, a regular basis because now it's their spot, for example, to have a drink with their friends. So oh, that's interesting because I would have thought you'd get a lot of, you know, novelty shoppers where I've got, I would go to Platform Bar with my friends yeah. once every six months because it's a bit of fun and it's a bit different, mm -hmm. but I'm not going every week like I do to my regular mm -hmm. pub. Mm -hmm. But some people now, like you, it's been, it's become their regular pub. Your customers, they're men in their twenties, true or false? False. So they are almost 50, 50 split between men and women. Okay. And they are between 18 and 35, I would say. So what's the most popular game? Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Mario Kart. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Cause you said like latest technology and I was kind of imagining like, COD or something. Yeah. So I would think of that as a kind of more retro games thing. 100%. But I think um, their first is accessibility to the, to the game. Yeah. You know, this kind of, like you said, famous game. Uh, they've evolved and gotten more complicated and very competitive. So Call of Duty has been, uh, you know, a gameplay that's been evolving and getting more and more complicated with like more like... Uh, I would say features and uh, Mario Kart. Basically, the gameplay is the same since 15 years. Yeah, it's just the controller who's been evolving and the quality of the game and and uh, some features. But I think the one that's been on you know, Nintendo 64 is almost the same as the one that is on on the Nintendo Switch. This is Served With Podcast, and I'm talking to Niccolo Portunato, a co-founder of the Platform Gaming Bar and a leading player, that's a pun, in the competitive socialising movement in the UK. I wanted to ask about competitive socialising, which feels like the thing everyone's been talking about. 
no one really tried to do something where gaming was very social. I think this is kind of where we want to go. And I think it's the same objective that competitive socializing has. Yeah. Competitive socializing, it was a need of people want to go out, but they need an activity. In the yes. End. Because the new millennials, they are not, not like we used to be like going out just to eat and drink. Now it's more like enough. We need to do something. Yeah. And also there's a big need in terms of also why it's called competitive socializing is because when you compete, you socialize much quicker. Yeah. Because, you know, you can don't know. I mean, you can play Mario Kart or play Dart with someone you don't know. But if there's a competition, then you're going to speak with the other person that is playing <laughs> against you. But it's natural. Yes. Here's something interesting. So there's novelty mm-hmm. um, where some businesses crop up and they offer a really novel experience mm-hmm. and everybody's really interested in them for a yeah. couple of years. It's fad. And then people lose interest in the, and, and there's suddenly fewer of those businesses mm-hmm. around. How, how do you think about that in terms of, of or kind of the risks of novelty yeah. in terms of your business model? I think we are lucky that we don't have to develop the technology. So if we, we compare ourselves to bowling alleys, flight club, bounce, they need to create their own technology. So they need to update the games on a regular basis mm-hmm. if they want to have returning customers. Because I don't think people want to play darts yep. you know, as often they want to play video games. Because video games, is, you have so much variety. So you, you come once to platform, you play Mario Kart. You came a second time, you play FIFA. It's like cinemas. We don't create the IP. I think there is, it's just the beginning. I think with technology, it's going to be, it's going to be much more concept coming out. Now we see the more, I would say, really traditional sports, like, you know, darts, golf, uh, cricket, uh, ping pong. But now we see, you know, uh, VR, um, we see, you know, us with just video games. So I think it's just the beginning and I think it is going to be like a consolidation at some point where it's going to be something normal. I mean, taking over, I mean, an activity place, but yeah. it's a modern place where people can, you know, spend a quarter of the day or half of the day in a place. And, you know, homes are getting smaller and smaller because, you know, That's- price of... Yeah. of the real estate is getting higher and higher. People still earn the same amount of money, but you know, so the idea is just they want to do something cool. I think when you go to a restaurant, a lot of like the casual restaurant died because they were not offering anything in the end, just the food. And I think people just don't want to go out just for the food. And you know, when you want to go in rest Italian restaurant, for example, you want ideally an Italian waiter, you want, you know, a very like Italy that's very similar to, to, to food from Italy when you, you travel. You want to travel actually. When you go to Italian restaurant, you want to travel a little bit. Yeah. And get outside of your home. And, and I think it's when you do like this with Flight Club, it's like you want to go to a pub, but you want like to go to the evolution of the pub. And I think in pubs, there was always like a place where you can play darts. But there was not this excitement that Flight Club bring around darts, I think. Yes. And darts in a pub, I don't know. I, 
I don't know. It's, what's, what's funny to me is like the different cultural attitudes that I have or the different associations I have in my mind with different things that are all competitive socialising. Mm. The association I have around paintballing is very different from doing, playing snooker in a pub. It's very different from going to a gaming bar and playing Atari mm. with, on a little console. Yeah. It's very different from going to a board game cafe yeah. and, and, you know, and, and smoking someone at Catan. Yeah. Um, but they're all kind of part of the same. Paintball is uh, is uh, is like laser game. is uh, is like also I think karting. I think it's you can't do both at the same time. And this is where I think competition socializing they nail it because you can do both at the same time. So you you don't have you don't need to play to drink. Yeah, and you know for for me the the next evolution of music and cinema it's video games so it's kind of the now if we see like how much you know is taken from the video the film industry and the music industry and now put in video games but in another level do you mean just in terms of market size market size and i think with investment now we 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 can see that now i'm gonna i'm gonna say that the video games market is already more lucrative oh, yeah. than oh, much the music more market. much more yeah much more but like it's that for me it's a, like the next step yeah but because culturally it's not accepted yes yet it's ostracized exactly <laughs> you know the there's stereotypes around it um it's not know. it's not perceived as art in the way that music is 100 percent so it's been, you know, pre-pandemic called addictive, and yeah. then during the pandemic, they changed after six months, saying, "Okay, video game is very good for for the population." Yes. So I think the now the aspect is changing, and I think to get it more and more popular, I think physical spaces are needed. That was served with podcast. As the size of your home fritters to nothing, as a deadly virus wipes away businesses, as pubs and casual diners everywhere bore you. It's time to join a bigger revolution in culture than music. We're introducing a new game called Subscribe to This Podcast, The Game. It works like this. To play, you need to press the big button which says subscribe on it wherever you get your podcasts and you'll get conversations about hospitality rooted straight to your inbox. Served With is brought to you by Storekit, which is also a bit like a video game. The game works like this. Your guests order food and drink wherever they are through an intuitive and richly visual interface. It's no wonder that venues report higher spending on more premium kinds of drinks. 